Sue's back, back again, B2B's back, tell a friend, guess who's back, 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 welcome ladies and gentlemen, children of appropriate ages to the Between Two Birds podcast, the date is May 24th, 2015, I'm your host Cody Colston. I'm Connor Garcia. And Connor hates my singing. (laughs) Uh, We apologize for the absence as of late. Um, I've had finals going on and that they've been a strain on me immensely. So we've kind of had to go on a uh, hiatus period. But we're back and that's all that matters now. Um, We apologize that our last episode wasn't uh, exactly the most heart... uh, uh, What word would you use, Connor? Um, uh, we'll go with that. Mo- um, mm, the, uh, wasn't the most positive episode in the yeah, world. Wasn't wasn't the most positive episode, and we're here to change that. Um, jumping right into some Orioles news. Uh, the big thing that's been going around lately with the O's is that rookies have been making kind of a big impact. You have Mike Wright, who as of right now has two starts. Um, he just, uh, he, as of this recording, um, he just pitched seven shutout innings against the Marlins. Was it seven yeah. or eight? Um, seven. Seven. Seven shutout innings, and then he had seven and one-third shutout innings against the, uh, the Angels during his debut. So, safe to say he's been pretty good so far. Um, minor league-wise, he was he had a two- point six four ERA and six starts in about thirty innings um in Norfolk. And then also making his debut today uh is Oliver Drake, uh a midshipman, uh, uh who pitched three shutout innings. was it three? Uh yeah, I think so. Three shutout innings uh against the Marlins with about I think it was was it two or four hits? Um I'll take that real quick. I'll pull Hold on, up the wait, box. I have the uh, I have the box score right in front of me. Why am I asking you? <laughs> you was, just want you just was, want to hear me talk. Yeah, it was it was um it was three shutout innings with two hit ball. Mike Wright threw seven shutout innings of three hit ball with four strikeouts and three walks. Um. Uh. Oh yeah, and Tyler Wilson also had a few appearances, or was it one? No, two appearances. Two appearances. Uh in his short term with the club, who I think he's going to be back soon, and we're going to get into that later. But uh, he had two games where he came in. He has two innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, one strikeout, according to baseball reference. Um, so what we're going to talk about right now is, is this the Calvary 2.0? Is it the Calvary 2.0? If that means better, then hopefully. Well, I mean, I kind of... Well, see, that's a thing about people when they say call something 2.0. They never re- talk about whether or not it's an improvement or if it's just talking about it's another version. 
Yeah, because it's, it's basically another version then. Uh, yeah, and if you don't know what we're talking about, the Calvary was what Dave Tremblay called uh, Jake Arietta, Chris Tillman, Brian Mattis, and Zach Britton when they were all starting at Norfolk and getting ready to uh, come up and be uh, major league starters, quote-unquote, for the ball club. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 don't, we don't talk about that. I mean... Half of it kind of pound, panned out. Well, yeah, starter-wise, I mean, Tillman's been okay, and Arietta's killed it with the Cubs. It's, that sentence makes me cry. <laughs> um, Jake, Jake Arietta, Chicago Cubs ace. Dave Tremblay new. <laughs> Is Tremblay still in the league, or did he get fired by the Astros? Um, Last I checked, he was with the Astros. I'll double-check. I'm pretty sure he got tired. Yeah, you get on that. But anyway, it's looking real nice right about now. I've always been kind of high on Mike Wright, and these kind of, everyone kind of wrote them off as kind of like mid-tier, like back-end-of-the-rotation type guys. And I've always kind of liked them. I've always heard good stuff about, um, you know, what they threw and, you know, how they handled themselves. Mike Wright is seems, he comes off as a guy who just knows how to pitch. And I think Buck Showalter talks about that a little bit. And the post-games, you know, he he's a guy who knows what he has to do. He goes out there with an idea in mind. He has everything down mentally. He just has to work on that third pitch, I think, because right now mainly he's a fastball slider guy and he needs that he needs to get that uh that change up in. And from what I've read, it's been mostly uh he's had pr- he, his arm action changes when he throws a change up, so that's kind of what he needs to work on. It's not exactly the uh the thing you want to hear though. Um, Oliver Drake was the closer for Norfolk. He was, uh, the same, he was drafted in the Bundy draft, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Do you know, Connor? Not off the top of my head. I know he was like a late, late, late round pick. Yeah, he was in the 43rd round, and that was, this was before the MLB, uh, shortened the draft to just 40 rounds instead of like 50-something, I believe. But, um, a lot of teams stayed away from Drake because he had, pro- he, he, I think he had shoulder surgery, and, uh, the Orioles kind of... Uh, marked him as a steal getting him that late um, but he was a closer for uh, Norfolk he was a starter it says right here he used to he was a starter back when he played at Delmarva and Frederick but he moved up to Bowie and Norfolk in the bullpen and he's been pretty solid since uh, I mean there was a slight hiccup at Bowie last year um no, he wasn't taken in the Bundy draft. Oliver Drake is 28. I thought he, he was 25. He was taken in the 08 draft. 08 draft. Bundy was the 2010 draft, wasn't he? Yeah, Mattis was the 08 draft. Okay, so he was in the same draft as Mattis. Okay. Yeah. But Oliver Drake, he looks solid. He's got that splitter, which is the big out pitch for him. Um, and he just everything he throws is seems to be down low. And that's what I kind of worried. I didn't see too much high from him when I watched him pitch. So I think he needs to work in maybe a high fastball to kind of change the eye level there. Because if you just keep on throwing stuff in the dirt, people are just going to look low and pass on whatever you have if it's crazy out of the zone. Um, but Tyler Wilson is another one of those guys. I think he was drafted 2010. Yeah, it was him and... Okay, he was Tyler Wilson was drafted in 2010 draft, which I believe was the same as Bundy. And then Mike, Mike Wright was taken in 2011. But uh, Tyler Wilson's another righty, 6'2", big guy. Not as big as Mike Wright at 6'6", but um, another solid uh, 25-year-old. 
uh, in the minor league system. He pit, he threw a 3.43 ERA at Norfolk. I mean, hell, since 2013, when he got called up to Double A, he's posted uh, under four ERA every year. Like his Bowie stint in 2013, 3.83 ERA. Uh, Bowie stint in 2014, 3.72 ERA. Then when he came up to Norfolk in 2014. Uh, 3.6 ERA, and then 2015 in Norfolk, he threw a 3.43 ERA in seven starts with a whip of about 1.2, which is definitely solid. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead. Wilson was 35th round pick. No, he was 10th round. Where is he 35th? Uh, I think that was right. He was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds in the 35th round of the 2010 uh, draft after his junior season, but he did not sign. And he returned to Virginia, and then he was drafted in the 2011 draft in the 10th round. Yeah, and Mike Wright was a third-round pick in the 2011 amateur draft. So you can yeah. kind of figure out, holy hell, Mike Wright has a really thick neck. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at his baseball reference picture, his neck is about as wide as his head. Hey, man, that neck has feelings, too. Wait, his name, his name isn't even Michael. His first, his first name is Dennis. <laughs> it's Dennis Michael Wright. I'm gonna call him Dennis from now on. It's Denny Wright. I'm gonna go up to him. Hey, Dennis. He'll, <laughs> he'll probably be like, "You son of a bitch. Who told you about that?" Well, the the one nickname I do like off of the uh, the Orioles subreddit, they keep on calling him Phoenix Wright, off of the video game character. What video game is that from? It, it's called Phoenix Wright. It's a Phoenix. It's, the series Phoenix Wright. It's about uh, it's like a, a investigation uh, ha- uh, game on the DS normally, but uh, they call him Phoenix Wright. And like whenever like Phoenix Wright's big thing, and it's like a meme now is he says objection like when the player interrupts in a courtroom because you go to court and that's the big scene end of the chapter or whatever. And like every time he has like a strikeout, people go objection, objection or something like that. It's so stupid. <laughs> But then he also reads Harry Potter before each start, so I think OBP Apparel said that they're making uh, a Mike Wright-inspired Harry Potter shirt. He's just a big nerd. <laughs> I am fine with it. I'm all for nerds playing sports. Um, the, so, I got another. Tyler Wilson's real name isn't Tyler. What is it? Philip. <laughs> Philip Tyler Wilson. <laughs> oh, that's good. Philip. He's... I mean, he's from Virginia, so. Yeah, Philip Wilson. Philip, I can see why you'd want to be called Tyler. <laughs> um, and then there's also the kind of the unspoken one. Uh, he hasn't got his major league debut yet, but I imagine I think he's gonna get it this year with wh- how well he's pitching. Um, Zach Davies, I think you're pretty big on him, aren't you, Tyler or uh, Connor? <laughs> I almost called you Tyler. <laughs> My name's Philip, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Zach Davies. I'm pretty high on him. Yeah. I was high on uh, Drake too, just right. because I'd seen him at Bowie and stuff. Right. Uh, he, uh, Zach Davies has posted a 3.03 ERA in eight starts at Norfolk this season and 38 and two thirds innings pitched. He's not. He's not a big guy. I mean, I don't know what his stuff looks like. I haven't actually looked into him that much. But um, I mean, he's got to be throwing. He's got to be throwing something good if he's getting a 3.03 ERA. I'm trying. I I went to Davies Baseball Reference and then Davies Oliver. Base. Uh, oh, sorry, I thought you said Davies Baseball Reference. That sounds like a, like a bar and grill at a baseball stadium. 
Davies baseball reference. It's where all the nerds come. Um, I was going to Zach Davies page and uh, Oliver Drake's to see if they had different names, but no. No. no, uh, no. Oliver Drake's middle name is Gardner. Gardner. And Drake. it's Zachary Ryan Davies. Zachary Ryan Davies. I still get Philip and Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture of Tyler Wilson like massaging like Mike Wright's shoulder when they're in Triple A. Oh, so Lord. I'm gonna Photoshop them that into like the Adventures of Philip and <laughs> Philip and Dennis. <laughs> the Adventures of Philip and Dennis. I would pay good money if you can Photoshop Mike Wright's face on uh, the uh, Phoenix Wright character. Let me Google Phoenix Wright to see what he looks like. Um, they look like polar opposites because Phoenix Wright is supposed to be like a scrawny, skinny lawyer. Um, oh. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, maybe. The listeners are completely do not know what's going on right now. I, I barely do know what's going Ladies on. Ladies and gentlemen, Connor just discovered his penis. Oh. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was it was too good to pass up. It was too good to pass up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that uh, that that kind of weirded everybody out there, but it was it was too easy. I mean, just a little bit, little bit. Just just a little bit. Just like that Fifty Cent song. Just just a little bit. Just a tip. <sighs> it hurts. Uh, well, let, let's go to Mr. Baseball's uh, opinion on the uh, Calvary 2.0. Uh, he says he loves Mike Wright so far. Drake has a nasty splitter, and uh, Wilson's appearances have looked promising. Hope they don't have the curse of prospects of the past. I agree, Mr. Baseball. I agree. I want to see what Mr. Baseball looks like. Is his face just a baseball? It's a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and are the other balls baseballs, though? That's a good question. <laughs> oh. Does he does does he eat baseballs or just I don't know. Hmm. We gotta bring him on eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, uh moving on. Uh Cheeseburger and Parades. Uh Jimmy Parades has been absolutely raking for the Orioles. He is uh, he is just qualified for the batting title, and he's second in the league behind or second in the AL behind Nelson Cruz. And I believe he's third behind D Gordon and uh, Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. Okay. Um, I don't really have much to say about it. Uh, Camden Depot did a pretty good article on about why he should regress. Um, and I think that pretty much says the says the most i believe uh, i think about it <clears throat> or it it represents what i think about it but then again fangraphs also did an article where they called jimmy paredes the new jd martinez so that's always promising yeah i mean i'll take that any day yeah i mean he's right now he's hitting uh 353 with a 385 obp 603 slugging and an ops of 989 jesus um he he's just just been raking. There's there's nothing else to say about it. Um, Zach over at BSR did a pretty cool lay uh, of uh, a, a gif montage, if you will. I, that's probably the worst 
way thing to call it, but he overlaid a gif of Jimmy Paredes swing, uh, Jimmy Paredes' swing versus a swing of Robinson Cano's, and they have almost the exact same stance. I believe the only difference is just how open and closed their stances are. I think Cano has his stance is a little bit more closed, while Paredes is a little bit more open. And uh, I think Paredes just needs to learn to get to, to understand what a baseball glove is. <laughs> um, because right now he he does not, uh, and that's kind of hurting his value for the Orioles because he is he's just not that good in the field. I mean, he's a big guy, so there's something to that. I mean, it's not easy for a big guy to play in the infield uh, unless you're playing at the corners. He could learn, like, an outfield spot. That's what I want him to do because we haven't got too much production from a corner outfield spot. I mean, because Travis Snyder's been mad, Diaz has been mad lately. Uh, and so Steve Pierce is just not having a good year. But uh, if Jimmy Paredes could learn how to play left field, you know, hey, I'm all for it. I mean, there's been worse left fielders in the Orioles' history. Oh, yeah, I will definitely agree with Steve Tollison. Yeah, he played left field um, in an actual MLB baseball game. So did Andy Chavez. Yeah, and that and they went to the playoffs that year. And who was their left fielder in the playoffs? Nate McLeod. McCl- Nate McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love Nate. Not knocking Nate McLeod. I love him to death. Okay, weird thing about Jimmy Paredes' name while, we're, while we were talking about names. His full name is Jimmy Santiago, and then in parentheses it has Torero, and his last name is Paredes. What does that mean when he has parentheses Torero? Uh... Uh, um, I don't know. I failed out of Spanish. Um. <laughs> Connor, I don't know Spanish, Garcia. Well, my, I am not Hispanic, so. Torero. I guess it's a secondary last name. Because be. because Google lists it after Paredes. Uh, it might be one of those deals. See, Spanish names are really weird because we do. Because his... it's like a has. It's like a heritage thing. Like you, you add on all the names of like family members that passed away or something. Yeah, and then like you have uh, the Asian community that has that it's the last name first and then the regular name. Or just Ichiro, and you just go by Ichiro your whole life. Well, yeah, that's how. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't understand that one either. Fun fact about Jimmy Paredes: as an amateur free agent in 2006, he signed with the New York Yankees. So they've missed out on Chris Davis and Jimmy Paredes. Well, I I say missed out on Chris Davis. Well, they missed out on Mike Trout too. They've a lot of people missed out on Mike Trout. (laughs) No, but the interesting thing about Mike Trout though is that I believe he was picked by the Angels in between two Yankee picks. Uh, Ah, what what draft was that? Um, I think he was the 2010 draft. I think he was the same. No, he was steam draft as Manny. I think. Here, I'll look that up because yeah, I'm really. Look that up. Um, <laughs> he was a compensation pick too. Oh, 2009. 2009. Okay. Yeah, here I'll look this up. 2009 MLB draft. Let me go to the trusty old Wikipedia's. Wikipedia's. Randall Grishik, and then the Angels got Mike. Well, here's how it went. Trout was the 25th pick, but it was a compensation pick. Um, and Randall Grishik was picked before him. But here are some players that were picked before. Um, 
Mike Trout, Dustin Ackley, Matt Hopgood. God, please, why did you have to bring that name up? <laughs> God damn it, I hate. Mm. He might. I think he's eligible to be roll five next season. And nobody has taken him. Um, Zach Wheeler. Okay. Drew Storen, Aaron Crow, All Star Aaron Crow. <laughs> um, AJ Pollock, Shelby Miller. Uh, and then Randall Grishik. And the Yankees took Slade Heathcott with the 29th overall Slade pick. Slade Heathcott. Is it Heathcott or Heathcock? Heathcott. Um, also picked in that draft was Rex Brothers, James Paxton, Josh Fagley, Tyler Skaggs, Garrett Richards, Mike Belfiore, um, Vic Black, and... There's some other guys. Jason Kipnis was a second-round pick. Patrick Corbin, Kyle Seeger, Will Myers, Ryan Goins, um, Michael Taylor, and Dallas Keuchel. Oh, and Paul Goldschmidt, eighth round. Of course. Uh, that's why the MLB draft is really such a crapshoot. You never know who's going to pan out. Yeah. It's really weird like that. Like Matt Carpenter. Like, 399th overall. Yeah, and then, like, there's never been a number one overall pick who's made it in the Hall of Fame. The only, are, you, are you serious? Yeah, there's never been. The the people who have the chance to change that trend, it's Chipper Jones and Ken Griffey. Those are the two people who have the chance to change that. They'll, they'll, they'll both get in, then. Yeah. Um, moving on. Uh, Matt Wieters is set to start his rehab assignment on... Oh, wait, I forgot Mr. Baseball's opinion on Paredes. Uh, he says Paredes better learn a position because he's too he is not too valuable to the team as a DH. I agree with the first part, not so much with the second. I think he's just as valuable as a DH because I don't want to see Delman Young in the lineup every day because that's not what he needs to be. He is a role player at best. Um, but as I said, moving on, uh, Weeders is set to start his rehab June fourth. Correct me. Yes, June fourth. June fourth. Uh, he's currently with the team on their road trip to uh, Miami, and he probably, he'll probably be there through the Houston road trip, too. But, uh, yeah, that's when he said to start his rehab assignment. Uh, is he going to be... Is, is they, have they released, like, a schedule? Is he catching every other day or every day, or...? Um, I've been hearing every other day. Every other day? Yeah, I've been hearing that, too. I wasn't sure, though. Um, I, I really don't know... Is, is, at this point, is he going to be an upgrade over Caleb Joseph, bringing him back? Um, I'm not sure. He has the power bat, but you don't know what he's going to bring to the plate. See, I like Joseph as a defender more because Joseph is better at framing pitches. That's the big thing with him, in my opinion. Yeah, he's the best. He's probably one of the best in the MLB at it. Yeah, I mean, I think Luke Roy is the best. And then then I think A.J. Ellis is – A.J. Ellis calls a great game. um, I don't know if he does pitch framing well. Whoever the Rays have normally is great at it. Jose Molina? Um, no, Jose Molina is, like, out of the league right now. Uh, it's oh. Rene Rivera, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Rays normally have a – I think that was a Madden-Friedman thing, but since they're gone, I don't know if that trend will continue. Um, I think Jesus Montero for the Cubs, I think he's pretty good at it, and I think that's why the Cubs got him because Madden likes a guy who can frame their pitches. Because, like, I think that's a huge boost for your pitching staff right there is a guy who can uh, definitely make some borderline calls go the pitcher's way. Um, there is a, there's a tool online. I forget where it is, but I was looking at it. Uh, Wait, last... did you say 
Jesus Montero or Miguel Montero? Uh, I the... meant Miguel Montero, the guy who's who's catching for the Cubs. Oh, okay. I was about to say. I, oh. I said Jesus, but I meant Miguel. My bad. No, it happens. I get, uh, I get, I get the mixed up all the time. There's too many Monteros. Um, but there's a tool online. I can't remember where, but it basically quantifies um, catchers' uh, ability to uh, to frame pitches. And Caleb Joseph is near the top, and Weeders is like near the bottom in it. Um, so I think there's a that's a huge boost. I think that's what helped the pitching staff last year. Really, was his ab- ability to uh, make a lot of calls go their way, and why they were so dominant as they were down the stretch. Got anything to add? Um, I think for I don't know. It's really confusing, and it's a good position to be in because you're getting back your all-star catcher, but you've got one now that's a great defender, a great pitch framer, and he's hitting. Yeah. Like, he's actually hitting really well. Um, yeah, that's the big thing. If he wasn't hitting, you know, I'd be, I'd be more reluctant to uh, let Weeders come back and take the starting position, but he's not. The big thing, though, is I'm glad Ryan, Ryan LaVarnway will be off the club. I do not like LaVarnway whatsoever. His his defense is subpar, in my opinion, and that's not what I want to see in a backup catcher at all. At worst, Joseph will be a really, really good backup yeah. if they if they decide to start Matt Weeders or whatever they're going to do. Because I honestly, they're going to start Matt Weeders. Buck's favorite player is Matt, and it, I think that's just how it's going to go. Obviously, he's not going to catch every day off the off the start. Yeah, definitely. So I you're think gonna... he's going to come back as a DH. To be honest, he's going to be a DHing a little bit, and Joseph's going to catch. And then once Matt is like back in the groove baseball wise, I think that's when we're going to start seeing him catch. Yeah. And the thing that worries me a little bit with the hitting, he had no hits in spring training. He got he had all outs. I know it's spring training, I know, but it's still kind of worrisome. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm kind of disappointed that we won't I I I would love for the Orioles to try and flip him at the deadline as much as I hate to say that because I think I love Matt Weeters as a player, but he's a lot more valuable to the Orioles as a trade ship. Than an on-field value. Yeah, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Because as of right now, unless he t- absolutely tears it up, if we give him a qualifying offer, he might just take it. Um, because he doesn't know what he's going to get in free agency. Possibly, yeah. But he's then again, he's a Boris client, so he's definitely going to test the market. Um, and he'll, he'll probably get signed, uh, if we're being honest here. Because let's face it, how many... Uh, all-star catchers actually go out on the free agent market. Not many. That's why, I mean, the Yankees locked up Brian McCann for so long. Um, That's why the Cubs traded for Miguel Montero, because he's a pretty solid catcher, and they didn't really have too many people. That's why the Cardinals kind of locked up Molina. Yeah, exactly. And the Giants locked up Posey. You don't... uh, Catcher is a very um, rare position... It's a very scarce position to to have to in in the MLB as of right now. What I mean by that is like there's not too many great players at there at that position. It's the same thing with uh, shortstop. There's plenty of great defending shortstops, but as soon as you can get a shortstop that can hit, you know he's insanely valuable. I mean, just look at Tua Lewitsky. There's a reason the Orioles signed J.J. Hardy to the contract they did um, because he can hit and he's a gold, he's a Gold Glove defender. The, yeah, and like even if Simmons struggles at the plate, he makes up for it in the field in no time. 
Yeah, I think Simmons, uh, Anderson Simmons, is a bit of a an exception to the rule because he there's like there's nobody who's as good as defenders Anderson Simmons. I don't think Manny's as good as a defender as Anderson Simmons. I think he is hands down the best defender in the league. No ifs ands or buts. I agree. Yeah, but I think he's an exception just because of how good he is at defense. Yeah. But if but look at um the two years ago the Mariners had Brendan Ryan who was an absolute stud defensively at shortstop, and they traded him because the man could not hit at the plate. No. And now they have Brad Miller and Chris Taylor basically switching. Well, I think Brad Miller plays the outfield more. Right. But it's, it's it, like you said, but going back to Weeders, like you said, it's a definitely a good problem to have for them um, because it's, I think, uh, like, Catching is the same as uh, pitching, and I think shortstop is probably around there too. Is that it's you can never have enough. You can never have enough good players at that position, because um, well, especially catcher because of how short the career can be for a catcher. Because I mean, as soon as they hit like thirty and they have one problem with their knee, they're pretty much done as a catcher. I mean, just look at uh, Joe Mauer. Yeah, and here's my thing with the whole weeders, you know. There was a time when, if you lost Matt Weeders as the Orioles or with like the Orioles organization, like he went down with an injury, um, like from like 2012 to like the beginning of 2014, you were done. You were eliminated from the postseason pretty much. That has kind of changed because we did. Like who was backing up Weeders in 2012 and 2013? Taylor T. Garden. Exactly. Now it's Caleb Joseph. They he goes down with an elbow problem in 2014 the fans start to panic they're thinking oh no here comes caleb joseph and then they trade for nick hunley to back him up and then just switch him off every now and then um matt weeders is not missed as much because you have a good replacement you've basically developed this guy for a long time he's learned so much catching and he's worked with a lot of the pitchers that come through the system because they've come up to the major leagues now like um Probably has worked with Tillman and Bowie, Mattis at some point. Um, uh, now, like guys like Oliver Drake and Tyler Wilson, Mike Wright. Um, he's probably worked with Gosman and Bowie, Bundy, when when if he comes up. Yeah, he knows all these pitchers that came through the system like the back of his hand. So it's definitely an advantage with all these rookies coming up now and you starting to make an impact on the club. They have a guy they're comfortable and familiar with behind the plate. And the thing with Weeders now is he's basically luxury that if you trade him, it's not a loss to the franchise at all. You're basically saving money. Yeah. You you can get a piece to help your team win now, like a, I don't know, a bullpen arm or another hitter. And I, I like how the, the, the question was beginning of, what was it, last year that, you know, who who are we going to keep out of Weeders and Davis? Well, I say you keep Davis now. I mean, Davis, that that's another whole problem altogether because Davis hasn't exactly been uh, 2013 Davis. Um <laughs> Hell, he is him in 2012, Davis. Yeah. I'd, I'd take that in a heartbeat now. Yeah, really. Um, but uh, it he's I, – I know power-hitting shortstops are, you know, kind of like a diamond dozen now because that's, you know, what you want it first – or, yeah. Did I say power-hitting shortstops? I meant power-hitting first baseman. It's my apology. Um, <laughs> but Davis, I think he's – I don't know, just what his potential alone, I think he's worth a, spending a little bit extra on him. I wouldn't go that crazy contract. He would probably be looking 
before after the uh, the 2013 season, but I definitely think he's worth a little bit more just because of his defense, and, you know, he's a presence in the lineup. He's not a guy you can ignore because he can take you deep in a heartbeat. Yeah, like, you know, he's going to strike out. That's not a concern. He's been striking out ever since he came into the league. The thing is, he can still hit the ball 400-plus feet, yeah. and p- pitchers know it. They've just learned how to try to avoid it. Yeah, and you don't want people on base when he's up because, you know, he can hit the ball 400-plus feet. Yeah, like, you know, he's going to hit to the shift, and you're going to be annoyed with him after he strikes out a couple times, but at the end of the day, you know what he can do. You've seen what he can do. He hit 53 home runs in one season. That isn't a fluke, no matter what. Yeah. Um, The big thing with him, well... I, I just want to touch on Davis a little bit more, and then we're going to move on because I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about Davis. But uh, the, the thing I've looked at him is um, he's just not making contact. Like, that's the big thing. His contact, like, his uh, swing-to-miss ratio is up. Like, he's swinging at balls in the strike zone. He's just not making contact. He, he The eye is still there. Like, I saw during the Marlins game last night, he worked two three-two counts when Heron was up, and he got called out. He got struck out on two borderline pitches that he took so i think i don't know it's it's weird i think it's a mental thing with him it really is i think it no, i think it is too it's it's just he it's weird i don't know how you fix him because i've personally i've gone back and i've looked at 2013 davis and i've looked at his swing and i compared it to 2015 davis and the swing is exactly the same just the only thing that's different is maybe the hand positioning how high the bat is but that's a, his, the swing is exactly the same. So I don't know how you fix him. And it, I think it's a mental thing. And that's what Scott Coolball, uh was should be doing is fixing Davis. But he isn't. So who knows? I mean, the only person that can really fix Davis is Davis. True. Very true. All right. We're going to move on now. Um, talking... Oh, and uh, Mr. Baseball, what he says about Weeders, he just hopes that Weeders isn't being rushed. I agree. Um, but moving on to some MLB news, uh, since Connor can finally talk. Yay, Connor. Um, <laughs> David Wright has been diagnosed with a spinal stenosis, which basically is a narrowing of the spinal column and basically the, the muscles around the spinal column and the, the space between the, the discs, if I uh, recall correctly, is it means that's shrinking. His spine is getting shorter pretty much. And um, that's what caused uh, Lenny Durska's retirement pretty early in his career at 35. Well, not early, but it caused his retirement at the age of 35 in 1998, uh, according to this Yahoo article. Um, um, the Mets believe it will heal, but it will take time. He's uh, uh, been taken. He's stopped baseball activities, and he's taking medication right now. Um, Connor? Sad situation for a guy that I've been a fan of since he's come into the league. Um, I mean, you don't get called Captain America without being likable. Yeah, he and that's what he is, likable. He's been the face of the Mets franchise for, you know, since he came up in like 05 or 06. Um, it's sad, honestly, to see. A, and he's still a young guy in, uh, in just like life. And to see that happen at such a young age to where you have, like, this chronic disease, it's depressing. Yeah. And, the, and then um, then it affects your whole career. It's, like, it's not really fair. And it ended Dyster's career at age 35. You know, he was a good player. 
and it just ended early. But um, like I was, I heard Ken Rosenthal say something about it pregame before the Orioles and Marlins were on Fox, and he just basically said it's something where if you're turning, swinging a bat, or throwing a ball, it's going to keep re hurting, and you're not going to be able to do anything. So. You need your spine to operate in general, just daily to life. It's not just about baseball. Yeah. And I think what he needs to do is just focus. He's made a lot of money in his career. Um, he is a smart person from what I can tell. And I think he knows this is pretty much the end. I don't think he wants to admit to it, but I'm like 95% sure this is the end of the David Wright's career. And it's a sad way to go out. Yeah, true. I mean, uh, a commenter on Reddit kind of um, uh, put it pretty bluntly, bluntly and I, I find it funny. It's uh, his spine is fucked up from carrying Mets for years. That <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of true. I mean, he he's been the face of that franchise, and finally, when they have a team that's not complete donkey do, um, he you know he has this happen to him, and. It, it it is really sad. I've I've always liked David Wright, and he's not really that old in terms of baseball. He's thirty two. There's lots of players that go on to play until they're like thirty eight. I mean, look at Ichiro. He's like forty one, isn't he? Yeah, he's forty one. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like he was. He he's definitely on the that the, uh, towards the later end of his career, but by no means was he done. Um, and, and it is sad. I. uh... I just I keep on thinking about the World Baseball Classic and how he like he was a very he, he was like clutch as hell for them pretty much. Yeah. And uh it's definitely sad. But um and like that comment uh, kind of is true. It, he has basically carried the Mets and made them you know kind of watchable over the years. And yeah. now that they're really good and I know, wouldn't call them really good. I'd call them Well, they're good. They're be- yeah, they're be- they're they're good. They're not Really like they, <laughs> they, they can pitch, but they can't hit all the time. Kind of, it's weird. Like, you know, you got Harvey Degrom, Syndergaard, Cologne, but you can't hit. It's weird. Well, they're, um, they're only they're only one game behind in the East. The uh, the Nationals have a twenty or twenty five and eighteen. The uh, the Mets are twenty four and twenty. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just sucks. It's a bad. Uh, it's a bad situation for everybody. Yeah. All right, well, uh, moving on. Uh, the Marlins. This is going to be funny. The Marlins, despite all conventional wisdom. I shouldn't say the Marlins. I should say Jeffrey Luria. Beyond all conventional wisdom. <clears throat> the Marlins have fired Marlins. Uh, the, uh, the Marlins have fired their manager, Mike Redman. And Dan Jennings, their GM has stepped into the role of being the everyday manager. So he is a GM manager. Pretty much. Pretty, yeah, sums it up. Yeah, uh, and he has no prior managerial experience bet- besides he coached a high school baseball team in Mobile, Alabama. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Marlins gonna Marlins. That's, that's the only way I think I have to say really about this. The thing I have to say about it is, I feel bad for two people and in, in pers- two people basically. I feel bad for John Carlos Stanton. He committed to that franchise for 13 years, 
And once he gets the chance to opt out of that contract, he's going to. Because they're going to turn, they're going to have another fire sale, and they're just going to get rid of everybody. And he's going to be like, why am I on this team? Yeah, and there, I, was, there was a good article breaking it down why this wasn't a baseball move, why this was a money-making move by Jeffrey Luria, because this is pretty much what he does, is that he builds up hype and gets people to buy into the Marlins, and he signs a big-name free agent, and everything looks good, and then they suck, and then he has another fire sale, and then it's it's just all crazy. How this man was able to buy a baseball team after mismanaging the Expos for God knows how long, I will never know. And, um, what was I going to say? And I feel bad for D. Gordon because he was traded from the first place Los Angeles Dodgers for the last two years to the Marlins. And the Dodgers are probably going to win the AL, the NL West again this year. And he's rotting in Miami thinking, why am I here? I want to go back to the Dodgers. Well, he's doing better in Miami, to be fair. I mean, I think he, I think he, I think the move to Miami helped him as a player grow, but yeah, he probably misses uh, being first place with the Dodgers. I'd take a lower batting average to be on a winning team any day. <laughs> uh, some people might disagree with you there, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, can I just comment on one thing? Go for it. About the Marlins that I hate. They have cheerleaders. Why do they have cheerleaders for a baseball team in 2015? Because it's Miami and everything is razzle-dazzle down there? It's sexist. They're called the Marlins Mermaids, first of all. I mean, no. Do they have Do they have uh, cheerleaders in place of a mascot? No, they still have the f- Billy the Marlin, I think. Okay. About to say, if, if they replace their mascot with cheerleaders, all right, I'm going to draw the line there. All right, no. They're called the Energy Squad. I guess they realized that. Mar- the mermaids is a sexist term. I'm willing to bet money that they're sponsored. Probably sponsored by like five hour energy or something. Something oh, stupid God. like that. <laughs> Nas. Yeah, and the even shittier thing is the cheerleaders probably see none of that money. Nope. Because they're probably like the NFL cheerleaders and make no money off of them. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, anything, else, anything else you want to say on that before we move on? What a sad organization. <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, they built this brand new big stadium with the taxpayers' money, and they changed their uniforms to look like a five-year-old coloring book. Um, and then they trade, you know, they trade for like, oh, we're going to get Hanley Ramirez and Jose Reyes in the left side of our infield, and we're going to have, you know, this great team with our new stadium and uh, fire sale. And then, oh, we got Jose Fernandez. We got John Carlos Stanton. Let's extend him forever. Oh, Fernandez hurt. He'll come back. And they're done. Um, they had an eight-game losing streak. They broke it tonight, obviously. But yeah, they broke it against the Orioles, which is funny because I, I, I dissed the move for uh, Dan Jennings, and then he goes ahead and uh, gets his first win. He's one in five, by the way. He's a one in five uh, manager, and he got his first win against the Orioles tonight. Good, for, yeah, good for him. Yeah, he, he's got a long, <laughs> long career of doing nothing. Um, <laughs> Well, to be fair, he supposedly he he agreed to step into the managerial role because he uh, he believes quote unquote in the organization. Yeah. Um, uh, well, he, he, if you build a pile of dog shit, you you better believe in it then. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, um, 
Moving we've, on. We've shit on the Marlins enough. Yeah, shit on the Marlins. <laughs> I, we, well, the first, the first podcast, we completely shit on the state of Florida. So, I mean, that pretty much... It sums up. The worst baseball team should be in the worst state in the union. <laughs> uh, moving on. We're going to get into the big conversation that's probably going to pop up the rest of the week. Um, especially now that it's happened twice in probably the past five days, I want to say. Uh, Brian Mattis, the Orioles reliever, as uh, many of you regretfully remember, um, <laughs> was uh, ejected after two-thirds innings um, for a quote-unquote uh, sticky substance on his uh, on one of his arms um, and was tossed. Uh, after Dan Jennings asked for the umpires to check it out. Um, he more than likely will get an eight-game suspension, which is what uh, reliever Will Smith for the Brewers just got. He's appealing right now, but he got for a mixture of rosin and sunscreen on his arm. Uh, he's getting jiggy with it. Yeah, he's getting jiggy with it. And uh, it's... It's... it's. Listen, the thing about it here is... Is the excuse to this is every pitcher does it, and I hate that excuse that everybody does it because it's a stupid argument. But here it kind of holds some ground because it's it, literally everybody does it. If you look at any pitcher, you you wonder why pitchers touch themselves so much, why they touch their belt buckle, why they touch their hat, why they touch well, their forehead. Well, we don't need to know why pitchers touch themselves so much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, normally it's because they have some substance hidden on them where they're gonna, you know, you know, put it on the ball, use it to get a better grip, and the I think Jeff Passan had two of the best tweets tonight about it. He said, "Fact: Almost every pitcher uses something quote unquote illegal for a grip. Fact: Almost every hitter is okay with that. Opinion: Managers should let it go, and I'm kind of with that. I think baseball should change their rules, to be honest, but." A bunch of hitters has come out since uh, the Pineda incident where he was using pine tar, where it was blatantly obvious he was using pine tar on his hands. He was saying, um, you know, hitters want pitchers to have better grip because they don't want to get hit, which, you know, is reasonable. I don't want to get hit by a 90-mile-per-hour fastball in my hip. No. Um, and you think a team where their star player got hit in the face, they would be more accepting of that. Yeah, and... That, that's a reason why a lot of managers don't call pe- call players out on that is because they know their guys are using too. You know, it's it's a little bit different when a guy like Pineda gets called out because he's blatantly using it. Like, you can clear as day see it on the back of his neck. Like, when it's something like that, there's a little bit of some leeway on that rule, you know, that you you can call someone out on it because... He, like, hey, he, he's blatantly rubbing it in your face is my yeah. is my thing with it. Like, here, here's this guy. He's just showing off that he's cheating. Yeah. But if you got, like, you know, the, 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 the clear sunscreen or whatever, and, you know, just don't be blatant about it. I'm, I'm, it's, it's a really weird argument, and I hate, it's kind of weird for me. I have, I'm uncomfortable saying this, but this is the way baseball is, is that, you know, you can do it. Don't be blatant about it. I think that's the kind of the the unspoken rule around the league is that, you know, go for it. Use something, but don't be blatant about it because you're rubbing it in my face and I'm going to call the umpire out on you. Yeah. But, 
I really should think uh, baseball really doesn't need to change the rule on this. I don't think you can comment on this, Connor, because of it's Major League Baseball and whatnot. I mean, I can't comment on like manager or yeah. um, umpire rulings, but umpire. Well, I don't think you can comment on you know the nature of the MLB and you know what they should do or you know disagree with a rule. Can you? Uh, I guess no. I don't know. I I don't think I. No, I don't think that applies to me. Because, like, eh, it's like a gray area. Yeah, yeah, but um, I'm just going to, I'm going to say a few more things and then you can have at it. But, it, yeah, and then the other tweet I was talking about with Jeff Passan, who I might recommend you follow, because he's, he's a quality columnist for Yahoo Sports, and I follow him, so. He said, glad to see the age of performance-hancing sunscreen is upon us. Just make the stuff legal so we're all spared the Fox morality of it all. There you go. Here's my here's my favorite tweet from that whole thing. Foreign Substance is my favorite weed-centric rap reggae rock band. <laughs> uh, that is a pretty good name. I like it. Foreign Substance. Foreign Substance. Op- opening for 311. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> didn't they didn't 311 have that one song that uh were creatures for a while? Was that their big hit? Um, I don't, I'm not sure. I know, I know quite a few 311 songs, but. <laughs> a sports podcast where we talk about the band 311. <laughs> uh, we're creatures for a while. What does, I think that was, I think that was 311's big hit. Yeah, it was 311's big hit. That was like what they broke on the scene with. We're cre- it's called Creatures for a while. I don't ask me how I know this because this was way before my time. But anyway, you have the floor, Connor. Go ahead and talk. About, like, the... Well, just your opinion. Go for it. I mean, everyone does it. I don't care. It helps you control your stuff because, you know, pitchers can have some pretty effective motions and, you know, balls going everywhere. And if batters don't care, then the manager shouldn't. I think Dan Jennings made a rookie move, and I think he's just putting all of his pitchers at risk for... um, close eyes and the you know, team's probably thinking why did you do this what is wrong with you yeah you, you said it earlier before the cast you, or uh, i think you said it in the slack actually you know jennings is putting a target on his pitcher's back you know he essentially is yeah uh, you're 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 leaving them open to for other managers to call them out i mean th- there's probably some managers that are going to be above it but um i think buck's going to be above it i don't think he's going to try and call their guys out yeah, no, he will, he'll definitely be above it. But it's, it's weird like that. And the thing that pisses me off about this most is that I believe um, with Mattis being... Because Mattis is more than likely going to get suspended. We lose his roster spot. Um, and we're going to have to roll with 24 men. So, there's that. Um, anything else? Uh, no. No. Uh, Alright, do you, do you have a hate of the week? Uh, um, do you? I kind of got my fill with hitting on the Marlins and uh, the whole pitchers quote-unquote cheating. I kind of got my fill with that. I'm good on that end. Yeah, kind of me too. All right. All right, well, we are going to go to break. I hope you enjoy the uh, the musical uh, spot or spot. <laughs> what? Tify. 
<laughs> spot. No. I hope you enjoy whatever music I, I throw in after this. Uh, we'll be right back with a Pop Culture Corner, maybe. We don't know yet. Uh, and some Ravens news. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, children of appropriate ages, to the Between Two Birds podcast. 
we're going to hop right into some pop culture corner. You want to go first, Connor, or shall I? Uh, you can go because I'm still kind of thinking of what I can say. <laughs> well, you don't have to say anything. But I have been <laughs> watching Star Wars as of late. I just went through all the movies. Um, and right now I am trying to get through the, uh, the Clone Wars animated series. I'm trying to watch everything canon so I can, uh, be up to date by the time the seventh movie comes out, which I am beyond hyped for, and it's going to be another, like, seven months before it comes out. Actually, seven months in a day is when it comes out. So... Uh, and I'm getting really happy about that. I b- rebought um, Lego Star Wars because I played that to death as a, when I was a kid. So there's that, and I was playing it last night really late. <laughs> um, that's that's really about it with me. I haven't been doing much else since uh, school since I ended with finals. Besides watching baseball, um, I've been. Tr- I'm, I'll probably be reading some books over the summer and whatnot. I should probably get some sabermetric book, sabermetrics books and read, but I've just been on a Star Wars binge as of late, and I kind of need to get through the uh, TV series. I've just been sleeping and working. I don't, do, I don't do anything anymore. You don't do anything anymore? No, I'm like a sloth. I don't do anything. Uh, relatable. Relatable. Definitely relatable. Um, is that all you have to say? Yeah. You need to go out and see Paramore in concert. That's what you need to do. I couldn't. They came in Baltimore May 11th, and it was re- the reopening day, and I was working. Oh, shit. So, I mean, I'm seeing all-time low tomorrow, so it kind of makes up for it, but it's not Paramore. <laughs> oh, one day. Um, I, mean, I've, I mean, I've seen them live. They're awesome live. Yeah. I just want to see them again and again and again. I'm that way with my favorite band. Uh, my favorite band, the Gaslight Anthem, they've come to Baltimore twice now, like in the past two years, and I've seen them both times, and they're awesome. I think they're coming again soon, but I don't think I'm going to see them because I don't have the money. Uh, yeah, that's about it. That, that, that sums up Pop Culture Corner, especially since finals ended for me and you being a sloth. <laughs> I, I am sloth. Hear me hear, snore. Hear me snore. Party, uh, sleep all day, party never. Exactly. All right, uh, moving on. It's going to be a short Raven segment. Um, so there's not much to talk about. The, the draft has been talked about to death already, and I don't really think I could do another round of that because it already gets pummeled into the ground before and after and during. Um, but, uh, oh, before we hop in the Ravens, I want to say something. The, the, the Reddit user who said something about the David Wright's spine being fucked up from carrying the Mets all the years, it was Nat, It was user NatRone011 on the uh, R Baseball subreddit. I just want to be clear on that. I don't want to steal someone's content without giving credit because I know I'm not big on that either. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Ravens-wise, the extra point has been changed differently. It's different now, uh, if I remember correctly. The... Two-point conversion gets moved out to the 15-yard line. Uh, yeah, kicks uh, the uh, point-after attempts are on the 15-yard line. Two-point conversions are on the two. 
So that's a big change for a lot of teams. And the Ravens mathlete, as much as I hate that word, that's really what he is. The 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 math man, uh, John Urschel, uh, did a statistical breakdown on what changes that would be. And basically he broke it down to this. It said that expected points for the two-point conversion are greater. So, uh, so that means, you know, all 32 NFL teams are going to go away with the extra points and go for two every time. He says no because there's a difference. He's the... The low variation, um, it's it's a really hard to explain and verbal-wise because I'm not a math person, but he has an excellent piece on the Players' Tribune. This is from, like, last week. Yeah, so it's like four days ago. It's an interesting read, and he explains it in a way that a lot of people can understand. Unfortunately, I can't explain it because I'm not that smart. But uh, I do recommend you read it, and it's it's pretty short. It's not gonna It's going to take, like, not even ten minutes. But... You know, uh, it, he's a very smart guy, and I like everything that he puts on the Players' Tribune. A lot of good stuff seems to be coming from the Players' Tribune as of late, and that's always a good thing. Um, I, I love reading uh, a player's insight on uh, things. Anything to say, Connor? Just like Spanish, I failed math in high school. <laughs> so, it's not for me. Yeah. Right. Um, moving on. Uh... Oh, I want to comment on something about the draft class. I know I didn't want to say I want to talk about the draft class, but this is this is something different. The nicknames from the Ravens draft class seem to be, on, you know, top of the line. The The Ravens subreddit talked about it a little bit, and I, I liked where they were getting from this. It was, uh, uh, I cannot, I do not like Bernard Perriman's nickname. It's the Paradator, I think. I think that's how you say it. It's supposed to be like Predator, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, and then Max Williams is Mad Max. Um, uh, and then in an interview with NF, with uh, uh, Ravens.com's Darius Smith said he's uh, going to be Pernell McPhee 5.0. And I like that nickname because it's kind of awesome. And then their fifth-round offensive lineman, um, I can't remember his name. It's uh, oh Robert Mayers. Uh, he has 33-inch quadriceps, so his nickname henceforth is Quadzilla. Um, credit to uh, the users. Here comes Justice and Raven513 on uh, Reddit on the R Raven subreddit for bringing that to my attention. Anything to say, Connor? Quadzilla. Quadzilla. Quadzilla to the max. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call myself when I go to the gym and work on my quads. What are you doing? I'm Quadzilla, bitch. Uh, no, uh, my friends call themselves Trap Lords when they work on their triceps. The, tri- uh, the trap, trap, tra- Trapezoids? Is that it? <laughs> or the Trap Lords? Tra- wow. <laughs> it works. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a gym bro, so I don't know. I'm not even a gym bro. And I go like four times a week now. I just go like a walk on the treadmill and like watch like ESPN. You're not, get, you're not getting swole. Nah, I do like arm crunches. I think I don't know what they're called. And you then mean I, bicep curls. Whatever. And then I don't know what anything's called. I know like no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I ride like the stationary bikes and I pump iron. I lift things up and and then in retrospect I put them down, but 
That's all I really do. I don't like lift weights or anything like that because I'd probably end up doing it wrong. People just stare at me like, fuck's wrong with this guy? <laughs> all right, uh, moving on. Ray Lewis is... <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Uh, yeah, I, I, no comment. <laughs> Ray Lewis is writing a book. Uh, it's it's going to be his uh, memoirs. It's going to be titled "I Feel Like Going On: Life, Game, and Glory," which I will say is a horrible title. Makes I can me just, not want to read it. I can see him typing at a computer and just like smashing the keys every time he types the wrong letter, like. Ah! No keyboard formed against us shall prosper. And then God said, there'd be no typos in this house. <laughs> but yes, it's going to be published by uh, Simon and & Schuster. And the publisher uh, describes it as a searing memoir about his father abandoning him, his best friend's murder, and his own wrongful incarceration that threatened to cut his football career. Or cut short his football career. Huh. I, I might I might pick it up I don't know it's 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 a bit on me I'm I'm not a big fan of Ray Lewis the person he's uh, he just rubs me the wrong way kind of I love him as a player he's awesome I'm just not a big fan of Ray Lewis the person eh he he uh yeah no he rubs me the wrong way yeah so so I just yeah it he is what he is you know yeah he's he's you know fruity Ray Lewis on the football field, but I, I respect him as a football player. He was pretty good. Um, pretty good, he says. He's he's alright. He's, he's alright. Right. He, I'm looking through his Twitter now, and he posted like this picture, and he looks high. He posts weird Facebook videos, like him just like screaming at the camera. It's weird. Like the Baltimore riot video. Yeah. Yeah, that was awkward. Um, I get a good message, but, um, I don't know. There's better ways to deliver your message than screaming in your living room. (laughs) Uh, It is what it is. Um, you're saying something? Oh, no, 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 no. Ah, no. All right. Uh, Connor's a bit tired. Seems like, are you tired? Are you tired, Connor? Connor's a little bit tired. Connor high. Tired of life and tired of t- tired sleep wise and just everything. <laughs> yeah. So we apologize on that, but there's there's really not too much Ravens news uh, that's that's uh, talk about worthy. Talk about worthy. That's a new one for me. Talk about worthy. <laughs> talk about worthy. I like that. I'm gonna use that for now. Let's talk about worthy. Mm. Um. Another big blip on the radar, Ed Reed retired. I think this is a little bit old news, but I wanted to touch on it a little bit because Ed Reed has been one of my favorite players. Um, he is the just ball hawk. That's the only word that describes Ed Reed. Uh, I was there the Monday night game against the Bengals where he broke the interception return yards record held by uh, Rod Woodson, I believe, and that was a great experience. And just, if you look up Ed Reed's highlights, it's always just, it, it, you get a good feeling just watching it, because he just, he's a beast. My favorite thing about Ed Reed is 
dude was plastered during the Super Bowl parade. <laughs> he's just, I was waiting for him to fall off one of those tanks. Just be, and he's just laying in like the streets of Baltimore. He's just rolling around. He's like, we got two tickets bad to ice. He's just like cuddling the trophy. And, and then just Joe Flacco is just like, like staring off into space, like confused. Ray Lewis <laughs> is like ranting about something. And Ed Reed's just cuddling the trophy on the ground and rolling around. <laughs> I mean, I as much as I hate the Patriots, nothing, nothing beats Gronk catching a beer, shotgunning it, and spiking it on the court. <laughs> Have you seen that video? Yeah. Uh, that that's the best. Nothing beats that when it comes to parades. Gronk is one impressive person. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, but Ed Reed, as I was saying, he's one of my all-time favorite players, definitely first ballot Hall of Famer, and uh, he since he was uh, he was out of the league, I, he didn't play it last year, if I if I recall correctly. So his uh, his induction to the Hall of Fame is going to be one year shorter than the wait time because they officially uh, see that as him not playing as a year of him waiting for his eligibility for the Hall of Fame. Which is always uh, kind of cool. It just shortens the distance between when uh, Ed and Ray are going to go into the Hall of Fame. And uh, as a fan, that's always uh, a cool feeling. Yeah. Uh, also, one quick note on Rob Gronkowski. His email in high school was chickmagnetforever at yahoo.com. <laughs> C-H-I-C magnet. The number four E-V-A forever at yahoo.com. <laughs> And his member card says in the high school says sixty nine er, and it's a picture of him wearing a sideways hat. No, his laser tag name was sixty nine er. Was it sixty nine her or sixty nine er? Niner, like forty nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm getting a shirt that says "Get Gronked." <laughs> there's, there's, there's um Gronk fan fiction. We or, don't, we, um, I, I don't want to go down this route. I, I've been <laughs> down this route before. It is not a route you want to take at all. Trust me. No, you do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Katie Nolan read it on her show. Or on YouTube, and it was pretty funny. Like instead of like the word "fucked," it, it's just "gronked." <laughs> I'm like, yes. Mm-mm-mm. Well, um. Anyway, I, be- I believe that wraps the show up as we end on a very uh, melanch- very melancholy note. A very gronked note. <laughs> Do you have anything coming out down the pipeline that you want to push? Uh, I wrote something for BSR. Uh, it's about how I view baseball now, since I've worked in the Orioles and everything. Um, I think Zach's down in Miami, so it hasn't really been nothing's really been posted on the site for a while. So um, I think it, he, he might be at Disney World, knowing him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I'll I don't know when it'll be out, but yeah, it'll, I'll promote it probably. No, it's uh, we love Zach, and he definitely deserves his time off for whatever he needs to do. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. He he yeah. works twenty four seven for the show, so 
uh, or well, for the whole site as a whole, and then he has his own podcast and his own job that he has to do. So, always, always a big thumbs up to Zach or uh, El Jefe over uh, here at BS- beer, uh, here at BSR. Yeah, he deserves his time off. I'm glad he's at least at least gets to see the Orioles too. So, I don't think he's down to Miami because he posted something on Instagram about him getting a package or something. I, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, <laughs> Zach Wilt, man of many cities. Yes, he's same as Jabby Burns, man of many cities. Um, I don't have anything coming on the pipeline. Finals ended not too long ago, and I've kind of been. I haven't. It kind of hasn't even resonated that school is over for me for the summer. I'm going to write something eventually. I'm just trying to find what I'm passionate enough about right now, and kind of work on that. Um, I have been. I did do the post game show with uh, Jake English. And Scott Magnus, uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, Tuesday? no, Thursday, it was Thursday, um, and, uh, yeah, there, there's that, I'll definitely be doing around for post-game shows whenever, um, uh, Jake needs me, so I'll, I'll definitely be around for that, um, and we're gonna get back to doing this podcast, so we're back on a weekly basis, yay, <laughs> yeah, um, you can follow me, at at the other underscore Cody, you can follow Connor at Connor underscore Garcia. Okay, you say it better than me. Uh, you can follow Mr. Baseball at uh, Baseball the Spanish Spelling Orioles, and you can follow the show's official Twitter at Between Two Birds. The and you, two you can two. and you can follow the greatest Orioles fan ever on Twitter at Jay Sanny. Oh God, <laughs> why are you giving him media exposure? Because he deserves it. He <laughs> he's he asking keeps... the questions no one else will. Jay Stanley. Shut out alert. <laughs> he's gonna be at an Orioles game on the twenty seventh, and I can just imagine him walking up to the press box and knocking on like rocks, like computer. He's just like, "Hey, it's a shut out alert. Hey guys, this is a shut out alert. <laughs> hey, hey, we should trade Brian Mattis. Hey, we should trade Chris Davis. Hey." <laughs> We should trade. <laughs> oh. We should write a book. He really should. He's the real MVP. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. I believe that wraps us. Uh, remember to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or in our RSS feed, and you can find all that on the show's official Twitter feed and whatnot. And like I said earlier, we are back to a uh, weekly schedule, so get ready for us. We're coming in hard and fast. Yeah. Furious. And hard and fast, the only way we know. Hard. hard, uh, uh, Too many (laughs) penis jokes this episode. (laughs) At least we aren't a giant dick. Like Jay Sandy. (laughs) Oh, God. Please don't go. You're, you're going to be the one that insults everybody. Oh, that insults all the fans. I, I love the fan. Uh. <laughs> all right, that wraps it up, folks. We, we will see you next week. Take care. <laughs>